What does cream cheese have to do with Victorian Egyptian Rococo interior design? Uh, find out next on Junk Food? Aw, yeah! Welcome to Junk Food, the podcast about junk food, where we rate and review mystery treats to determine which one will be the undisputed champion of snacks. I'm your host, Mike. Alongside me, as always, Alyssa. Hey, Dad. Hey, Liss. Well, I was not prepared for this. Mm. All right. How do cows buy their clothes? How do cows buy their clothes? Um, hmm. I don't, I don't know. No idea. With cattle logs. Cattle logs. <laughs> cattle, like heads of cattle. Yeah. Cows and, and cows. And then I have another one. Oh, boy. Why did the journalist go to the ice cream store? Uh, why, why did the journalist go to the ice cream store? Mm-hmm. What is an ice cream store? Ice cream shop? I don't know. Okay, well, why did the journalist go to the ice cream store? Because she wanted to get a good scoop. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. That second one wasn't too bad. Catalog? I don't know about that. <laughs> anyway, that was a dad joke, a joke you tell to your dad. If you'd like to submit a dad joke for Alyssa to tell me on the show, you can send it in to us via Twitter at JunkFeudPod or via email to JunkFeudPod at gmail.com. Liz. Yeah. Welcome back once again to the world's yeetest podcast. Welcome back. We're hitting them with the Riz each and every week here on Junk Feud. How's that? Good. You like that one? <laughs> yeah. I'm still working on that uh, hit them with the Riz shirt. Yeah. He, he has to make a Wizard of Oz shirt also. Wizard of Oz also. Yeah. That was a big hit with you last week when we talked about that. Mm-hmm. What else is going on? Um. Lots of stuff. Yeah? Like what? Uh, I learned a new word in science today. Oh, uh, okay. What new word did you learn in science today? It's decomfossil key, whatever that is. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> it's something to do with science and like different words. It's like decomfossil key. Decomfossil key. Well, that's not the right word, but like it starts with a D. Yeah, <laughs> okay. It's a word oh, that starts oh. with D. So it's like when you're trying to find out what something means, so you go through this like key and it's like, so say it was me. So like right now I'm wearing pink shorts and like a white shirt. So Uh it said, if it's wearing pink shorts, that would be number one. And it would say, next to it would say like, go to number two or three. Uh And if you're not wearing pink shorts, go to number like five. And then it would be like the scientific word for it. Oh, I see. So it's a key that's related to language. What does it have to do with fossils? Not fossils. <laughs> like finding the scientific word. Oh, and there is a special name for that thing. Yeah. Which you learned in school today. Yes. And then promptly forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's another D word you taught me, deformistol, remember? Oh, yeah, deformistol. Deformistol. Also not a real word. Nope. Uh, how about, this is a D word that you might like. Friend of the show, Jen, uh, was telling me about this the other day. Instead of just doing off with their bread where we talk about famous historical figures that were beheaded for treason, we could also talk about another D word, defenestration. Do you know what that means? No. Defenestration is the act of throwing someone or something out of a window. I want to do that. You want to throw somebody out of a window? Yes. Well, I mean, that is a form of execution or has been historically. I mean, if they don't die, then you can't get like arrested. I mean, maybe throw them out of a first floor window and not like the 10th story. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be pretty rough. Or the from the second story onto a trampoline. Of course, like a Rube Goldberg machine specifically for you to throw someone out of a window. Yeah. I could see that. 
or a zip line from the window going into a pool. So you're going to throw them out of the window. They're going to grab the zip line and then ride the zip line into a pool. Yes. All right. This is starting to sound like an episode of Pee Wee's Playhouse. Wait, Dad, talking about the zip line, can we make the zip line go from this window to the pool? I think probably if we had a zip line running from our house to anywhere in the yard, your mother would uh, defenestrate me, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Throw you out a window? Yeah, for sure, 100%. She can't lift you. I don't know. Mom's pretty strong. You'd be surprised. <laughs> really? She's She's small, but she's mighty. <laughs> strong and petite. Yeah, that's right. And hey, Alyssa, speaking yes. of things that are small but mighty, that reminds me of this week's snack. Up next on Junk Feud, cheesecake. Yeah, Liz, what do you know about cheesecake? Um, well, it's a cake made out of cream cheese. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is now. Historically, it's been some other things. It's really just a, a simple layer cake that's made from some sort of fresh, soft cheese. Usually it has some eggs and some sugar in it. Sometimes it has a crust, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. You had cheesecake quite a bit, haven't you? Yeah. I mean, as far as I can remember, you've always eaten cheesecake. Yeah, it was started like four years ago, though. Before that, I would like refuse to eat it because I thought it was just a big wall of cheese. Well, I mean, it kind of is. And in fact, that's why I didn't eat it when I was a kid. I don't think I started eating cheesecake until I was in like middle school. I distinctly remember there were some of those like youth sports uh, fundraisers, for example, and people would sell frozen cheesecakes like door to door to raise money for new uniforms for their sports teams or something like that. Yeah. Whatever those were, that was the first cheesecake I ever had. We'd leave it out on the counter to defrost and it would stay there for like a whole day until it was super, super creamy and almost melty. Those cheesecakes, even though they were like super mass-produced frozen things, were like incredible. They were so good, but I was missing out. I didn't start eating cheesecake until I was, well, older than you are now. Did you ever have one of those? Did I ever have one of what? Like the door-to-door frozen one. Oh yeah, it was the first cheesecake that I ever had. I didn't want to eat cheesecake when I was little because I thought, why would there be cheese in a cake? That doesn't sound right. (laughs) I thought it would be gross. That's exactly what I did. Yeah. Well, Liz, I was older when I had cheesecake for the first time. Cheesecake itself is a lot older than the treats that we usually talk about on this show. Like a lot. Yeah, like a lot. How old is the first written record for a cheesecake, Liz? When was that uh, probably written down? The 5th century BC, Greece in a cookbook. Yeah, there was a a Greek cookbook written by a physician about the art of baking cheesecake. Whoa. How about that? And there were some cheese molds that were uh, excavated from the island of Samos, where they used- I thought that was like Samoas. uh, It does look like Samoa, and it also looks a little bit like Samus, like the hero of the Metroid video game franchise. Why does Samoa remind me of Moana? Because Moana is- a movie about Pacific Islanders and Samoans are Pacific Islanders. And The Rock, who plays Maui, is a Samoan. That's what it was. Because I was thinking about the live action Moana coming out. Oh, yeah. That was announced uh, just recently. That's going to be exciting. Yeah. Both you know The Rock, who played. Oh, uh, sorry. What else is going to be exciting? Descendants 4. Descendants 4. Is there cheesecake in Descendants 4? Maybe. Are there Roman historians in Descendants 4 lists? No, but there's cheesecake in Liv and Maddie. The what? Like, Liv and Maddie's mom is obsessed with L.A. cheesecake. L.A. cheesecake? What's L.A. cheesecake? I don't know. One of the producers makes it really good, I guess. One of the producers makes L.A. cheesecake Uh, Do you know what the most famous kind of cheesecake now is? 
I'm going to take a guess. Go ahead. Take a guess. Is it New York? It's 100% New York cheesecake. New York cheesecake, very different than those early Greek and later Roman cheesecakes, which were uh, not made with cream cheese list because cream cheese didn't exist in ancient Greek and ancient Roman times. No, it was an invention. Specifically, the invention of a guy named William Lawrence from Chester, New York. Whoa. Do you know how William Lawrence from Chester, New York invented cream cheese? He was trying to make a version of the French Neufchatel. 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 I like that word, Neufchatel. Neufchatel. So somehow, French Neufchatel cheese made its way to Chester, New York, and uh, William Lawrence tried to make Neufchatel by adding lots and lots of cream, like heavy cream, to his Neufchatel recipe. Mm. And when he sold it to a local grocery store, they said, this is really good, but have you tried adding even more cream? More? More cream. And he just kept adding cream to make the cheese creamier and sweeter and more spreadable. And uh, at the end of that, he had something that he later renamed Philadelphia cream cheese. Uh, Philadelphia cream cheese. I love that. That's like the best cream cheese ever. Do you know that it's not actually made in Philadelphia? Well, I assume so. (laughs) Because it was invented in New York? (laughs) Yeah. That's right. At the time, Philadelphia was associated with quality dairy products list. So anybody that wanted someone to think that their dairy products were really good would say that they were made in Philadelphia. Oh. And that's why it was called Philadelphia cream cheese. This was about 1872 or 1873. Liz. What? What else was going on in 1872? Uh, Yellowstone became the first national park. Yeah, the first national park. Probably the greatest contribution to world culture of the United States of America, the national park system, I would say. The Met opened in New York City? Yeah, the Metropolitan Museum of Art, one of my favorite art museums in the world. A popular science magazine published its first issue. That's right, one of my favorite magazines in the whole world, especially when I was a kid and there was no other way to find out about scientific happenings. My grandpa had a subscription to popular science. Uh, Susan B. Anthony was arrested and fined for voting. Yeah, that's right. Susan B. Anthony, the godmother of women's suffrage in the United States. She never paid that fine, by the way. Uh, the British log- logician? Yeah, logician. Someone who uh, studies logic. Bertrand Russell was born? Bertrand Russell, born in 1872. And the Mexican president, Benito Juarez. Benito died. Juarez died in 1872, that's right. And Liz, what? because there's a little bit of a of an argument about whether or not cream cheese was invented in 1872 or 1873. What else was going on in 1873, Alyssa? Uh, President Grant put the U.S. on the gold standard. That's right, the gold standard. Hey, do you know there was a wrestler whose uh, nickname was the gold standard? No, who? It was Shelton Benjamin. He dyed his hair gold. Oh. Uh, Levi Strauss started making blue jeans. Yeah, 1873, the first pair of Levi's dungarees. Could you imagine having like vintage Levi's jeans from 1873? No. Man, the fades on those would be so sick. Just like on my old bed comforter. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you had a green comforter in your bed that was turned uh, white. <laughs> sun, completely sun faded, turned completely white. That was funny. Uh, the first Peakness Stakes how about horse the, race? How about the Preakness Stakes, Alyssa? Oh, the Preakness. I thought that was an ad. Yeah, the first Preakness run in Baltimore, one third of the triple crown of horse racing. Oh, wow. Um, The Heineken Brewery was founded in Amsterdam. Heineken, that's right. Listen, Heineken was the first beer that I ever bought when I was 21 years old because they had these, uh, they had a promotion where they had the beer in what they called keg cans, which instead of like a straight sided 12 ounce can of beer, it looked like a little beer keg. I thought they were so cool that I just wanted to have the can. 
Oh. Uh, let's see. The Italian tenor Enrico Caruso was born? Yeah, do you know, uh, fun fact, Uncle Matt went to school with a guy whose name was Enrico Caruso. Really? Yeah, that's right. And lastly, British philosopher John Stuart Mill died. Yeah, RIP to a real one, John Stuart Mill. Liz. What? We were talking about New York cheesecake. Yeah. So William Lawrence invents cream cheese in 1872 or 1873. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not until the early 1900s that cream cheese starts making its way into cheesecake recipes. And it's not until the 1920s when cream cheese manufacturers started adding like stabilizers to it that's so that home cooks could actually use it and bake with cream cheese without it separating and getting all gritty when they put it in the oven. Good. That's good. So yeah, so it's about the 1920s when uh, cheesecake starts to be very, very popular in New York City. And why this happens is probably a little bit based on the proximity to uh, Chester, New York, where cream cheese was invented. Yeah. But um, also it's probably just because New York City in the 1920s was like the center of world culture. So anything that was cool and new was going to become popular there. And in this case, uh, cream cheese sort of became a New York tradition. I imagine so. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, well, that was kind of most of it. Like, it was just a really, really good dessert that a lot of people liked. And a lot of people liked it because of uh, uh, one specific individual and a couple of institutions. The first one was a, name, a guy named Arnold Rubin. Have you ever heard of Arnold Rubin before? Nope. Well, Arnold Rubin claims that he invented the Rubin sandwich. Have you ever had one of those? No. No, it's uh, like corned beef or pastrami on toasted buttered rye bread with sauerkraut and uh, melted Swiss cheese on it and some Thousand Island dressing. It's really good. That sounds like something I had to make for my Spanish class. You made a Reuben sandwich for your Spanish class? Well, not Reuben sandwich, but it sounded like something we made in it because we had to do an assignment for cooking. Oh, that's interesting. Well, Arnold Rubin, in addition to claiming to have invented the Reuben sandwich, which bears his name, also says that he invented the New York cheesecake. Mm. Yeah. So here's an interesting thing about that. Uh, whether or not Arnold Rubin actually invented the New York cheesecake is neither here nor there. What happened next was the interesting part. There was this deli on Broadway and 50th. It was called Lindy's, which was run by some German immigrants, a guy named Leo Lindemann and his wife, Clara. And what they did was they found out who Arnold Rubin's baker was, who was making these New York cheesecakes that everyone loved from his restaurant. And they hired that baker to come and make that cheesecake for their deli, Lindy's. Oh. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting thing. New York cheesecake is really just a regular cream cheese-based cheesecake, but with extra stuff added to it, like heavy cream or sour cream to sort of stabilize the cream cheese yeah. a little bit. At Lindy's, they put it inside of a crust that was made of cookie dough. Oh. Nobody knew that until 1948. The LA Times published the uh, recipe for Lindy's cheesecake. And then later, the Lindy's cheesecake recipe and Lindy's cheesecake itself became very, very famous because there was an author named Damon Runyon who started writing scenes in his books about a fictional deli called Mindy's. Sounds a lot like Lindy's, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because he liked to go to Lindy's and eat there. And uh, if you or anybody you know is into musical theater, you will know that there is a scene in a show called Guys and Dolls that Damon Runyon wrote. And there's a guy named Nathan Detroit who convinces another guy named Sky Masterson to make a bet on whether or not Mindy's sells more cheesecake or more apple strudel. So... He liked Lindy's. He liked cheesecake. He wrote it into a play. That was like the equivalent of going viral on TikTok, but in the early 1900s, having a scene in a Broadway musical. I guess that seems like it would be a big deal. 
Yeah, it is. It was kind of a big deal. And uh, the biggest deal in New York cheesecake right now is the cheesecake from a place called Junior's List. I love Junior's. You love Junior's? I've never tried it, but I but like But you love name. it all the same? Well, you've seen the cheesecake because they're very, very popular. Junior's cheesecakes are sold all over the world in stores. We picked ours up, the one we're going to try today, spoiler alert, from Walmart. You can get them at just about any grocery store. They sell them at Costco. You can find them frozen. You can find them chilled. Junior's cheesecakes are everywhere, and they are a direct descendant of the cheesecakes that were pioneered by Arnold Rubin and the bakers at Lindy's, but with some subtle changes, like the current standard New York cheesecake usually has some sour cream mixed in. Mm-hmm. It's usually inside of a graham, ca- uh, graham cracker crust. Graham cracker. Graham cracker, yeah. Uh, it's usually inside of a graham cracker crust. Junior's does not put theirs on a graham cracker crust. List. do you know what they put it on? No idea. A little piece of sponge cake. Oh. Yeah, and how's this for coincidence, Liz? Junior's currently sits on the same site where Lindy's used to be on Broadway and 50th and 51st. Whoa. Yeah. Lindy's closed eventually. Junior's took over that spot. They're sort of carrying on the tradition of New York cheesecake on Broadway. I want to be on Broadway. (laughs) Well, maybe someday. I'll be rich. You want to be rich and on Broadway? Yeah. Well, uh, what's the old saying, Liz? How do you get to Carnegie Hall? (laughs) It's not. Is it Carnegie Hall? I have no idea. Well, anyway, the answer is practice. And we're going to practice eating some cheesecake in a minute. Liz, in 1973, the Village Voice said Junior's Cheesecake was the best cheesecake in the material world. Because we are living in a material world. Do you know I put that in that (laughs) show note just so that you would do that? You know that we are living in a material world and I am a material girl. Well, you're about to be a cheesecake girl, Liz. (laughs) New York Magazine. Rated it the best cheesecake in New York in a blind taste test. At various points in time, the Wall Street Journal and People magazine have also called it the best cheesecake in the world. Junior's Cheesecake came about, like we said, after the influence of Arnold Rubin and Lindy's. And there was this guy named Harry Rosen who opened uh, a diner in Brooklyn called Junior's in the 1950s. He said that every good New York restaurant has to have a New York cheesecake. So guess what he did? What? He and his pastry chef went to every diner and restaurant that they could find in New York City and tried every cheesecake that they could get their hands on so that they could take all the best features from every one of them. So it was like the first scientific cheesecake deduction list. Really? Yeah, it was pretty neat. And the result was the famous Junior's Cheesecake that's available now all over the world. It's dense, it's heavy, it's thick, it's creamy, it's tangy, it's nestled atop a sponge cake base. It is simple, but very decadent, Alyssa. Does it taste at all like coconut? Uh, No, cheesecake, if it's done right, should not taste at all like coconut. I mean, there are lots and lots of different varieties of cheesecake, obviously, Alyssa. But like plain. But we are, this is plain original cheesecake. The standard New York cheesecake is either a plain vanilla flavored original cheesecake. Or the strawberry. Or with like, yeah, a big mound of uh, sort of gelatinized candied strawberries on top. Those are all really good. Did you know, Alyssa, there is a such thing as a Chicago cheesecake? I did not. Yeah, it's kind of like a New York cheesecake, but the exterior is uh, baked a little bit more firmly. So it has sort of like almost like a skin on the outside and then a creamy center. Yeah. There's a Pennsylvania Dutch cheesecake. It has fruit on the bottom. Ooh. There is less, a Roman cheesecake that's served in Italian bakeries and uses ricotta or mascarpone instead of cream cheese. Is it true we might go to Italy? Uh, I have not heard that. So this is breaking news to me. 
Mom says in two years we're all gonna go. Mom says in two years we're all gonna go to Italy? Yes. Like all right. Us, Grammy, and Poppy. Oh, of course. Uncle Gordon, that family. Uncle Brian, that family. Yeah, that'll be a blast. I can't wait to see that happen. And all eat spaghetti at the same time. <laughs> As one does in Italy. When in Rome, eat spaghetti, right? That's the old saying? No. No? When in Italy, eat spaghetti. Of course. Liz, if we went to Spain, we could eat what's called Basque cheesecake. Are there, are, is there like, whole, like original cheesecake in Germany? Original cheesecake in Germany. I'm sure there is New York cheesecake available somewhere in Germany, yes. Okay, good. The Basque, to get it. List, the Basque cheesecake from Spain is a uh, crustless cheesecake that's baked really hot with no water bath, so the outside gets really, really dark, like almost burned, but the inside stays soft and sort of velvety creamy. Mm. Did you know, Liz, you can get a version of Basque cheesecake at, guess where? The Cheesecake Factory. Of course, it's in the name. If you want to try like every variety of cheesecake under the sun, there is a restaurant for you, a factory in fact. It is the Cheesecake Factory. Now, their cheesecake is very good, but their food is not the best. Yeah, we're probably not going to get another chance to talk about the Cheesecake Factory, so let's just do it now. Let's people, not you and I, other people, love the Cheesecake Factory. For some odd reason. They love there. it. There are, there are more than 200 locations. They do more than $3 billion in revenue out front. And uh, neither you and I care at all about that, do we? No. Here are some reasons that we don't like the Cheesecake Factory. The menu is way too big. The menu is outrageous. It's giant. Uh, Cheesecake Factory tries to do everything. And as a result, they do nothing particularly well, I would say. Yeah. The menu is 21 pages long, Alyssa. That's pretty big. That's too big. Uh, do you know the reason that the Cheesecake Factory menu is so big? I actually do. Okay, what is it? Because I was reading the notes because oh I'm being God. very good. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, so the Cheesecake Factory wanted a lot of food on their menu because he saw the, the owner of the Cheesecake Factory originally, uh-huh. he saw that all of the foods that were making good sales in other stores, he wanted to add to his store. But he didn't realize that what he was doing was kind of bad because he was adding way too much stuff. Yeah, the original owner of the Cheesecake Factory didn't want anybody to be able to compete with his restaurant. So every time something got popular somewhere else, he would just add it to his menu so people would only go to the Cheesecake Factory and nowhere else. And the result was this behemoth as a menu. List, uh, the most popular appetizer on the Cheesecake Factory menu is the avocado egg roll. Dad. How many hours does that take to make? It takes four hours to make avocado egg rolls. There's a sauce for it. How many ingredients does this sauce have? Eighteen. Eighteen. Liz, if you work at the Cheesecake Factory, one saute station, like the place where you have pans Mm -hmm. and you cook stuff hot and fast, has five cooks and a 16 burner stove. The recipe book is as thick as the Holy Bible. Holy moly. If you're <laughs> holy guacamole, since we're making avocado egg rolls, uh, guac is extra. Guac is extra at Chipotle. That's right. The whole thing is excessive, Liz. And speaking of excessive, the calorie counts on this menu are unbelievable. When they started, ha- when uh, when Cheesecake Factory started to add calorie counts to the items on their menu, I think that's when I stopped eating there. There is like nothing under a thousand calories except edamame. Wow. Nothing is healthy. Chase would strongly dislike it there. Yes. There is one item there, Liz. It's called the Bistro Shrimp Pasta. 
It has more than 3,000 calories. And 89 grams of saturated fat. That is like eating more than five Big Macs from McDonald's. I hate Big Macs. They just like, I hate all McDonald's. Oh, like grosses me out. Well, you could have five Big Macs for one bistro shrimp pasta from the Cheesecake Factory, if that were something that you liked. Well, if it were something I would like, I would definitely get that because I don't like shrimp. You know what else I don't like there, Liz? What? The decor. Oh, yeah. It's kind of depressing. It's super gaudy. Um, I feel like I'm in the middle of like a manic episode when I'm there. Really? What, do you, what would you say the decor is? Like, what is the, what is the cohesive style, if you could say there was one? Hmm. It reminds me of a, an Egyptian version uh-huh. of the, oh, what's that good Italian restaurant Mama likes? Oh, uh, Maggiano's. The Maggiano's, chain. yeah. It, it reminds me of an Egyptian Hawaiian version of Maggiano's. Yeah, there are palm trees. There are Egyptian columns. There's like the wood paneling from San Francisco style steakhouses in the 70s. There's marble. It's strange. Hand-blown glass. There's these weird murals all over the place. It makes me feel like I'm insane. Listen, nothing makes sense in there. Yeah. But it's uh, it's still, nevertheless, I mean, the, the restaurant menu is unwieldy. The decor is, uh, I don't think you're allowed to say schizophrenic anymore, but that would be the word that I would use to describe it. And that was all done on purpose, by the way. There was like a real famous interior designer who brought all of those elements together on purpose to make it look like that because that's what he wanted. It wasn't just thrown together. That's really strange. It was It was sort of like an assemblage of this weird cultural moment from the early 2000s. And I kind of, I kind of get some of it a little bit. It's that, uh, it's that old thing that people say about Donald trump He's a poor person's idea of a rich person. Have you heard that before? No. So the Cheesecake Factory is like uh, what people that don't actually eat at good restaurants think a good restaurant is. Oh. Yeah. It's all it's at like the fancy mall. Teenagers go on dates there. Yeah. There's like a weird old guy sitting at the bar by himself, sipping a, a very sugary drink usually. Yes. The first time I ever ate at a cheesecake factory, I was in Los Angeles. I had to walk there, Liz. Because mm. yeah, the guy I was there with took our rental car <laughs> and drove like three hours away and didn't tell me. So I was kind of stuck there. And uh, Cheesecake Factory is the kind of place that you walk to because the guy you're with takes the rental car without telling you. Got it. Yeah, but they have cheesecake-less. Yes. The cheesecake is okay. Yeah. There's lots of cheesecake. There's 35 different varieties. What's your favorite kind of cheesecake from there? My favorite? Well, you know what my favorite kind of cheesecake is. And I think you know what mine is too. It's the same one. Because, Liz, what was our, what was a previous reigning, defending, undisputed champion of snacks on this show? Banana cream pie. Banana cream pie, that's right. And at Cheesecake Factory, you can get fresh banana cream cheesecake, and it is quite good. Amazing. Immaculate. Yeah, quite good. The best thing on earth. Oh, no, 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 not the best thing on earth. Pretty good, though. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty good. I mean, listen, I will say this. Uh, you and I don't care for Cheesecake Factory, but there are a lot of people that do like it. Yes. And I don't mind punching up at a restaurant that brings in $3 billion in revenue every year. There, There is some stuff that they do that I like. They make 250 different items every single day, completely from scratch. Like everything is actually made in the restaurant. It's not like Applebee's where they get a bunch of plastic bags from Cisco and microwave them. Yeah. Uh, Doughboys, the podcast that we like and modeled our own show after, gave uh, Cheesecake Factory five forks. They put it in the Platinum Plate Club twice. Whoa. Yeah. Your mom likes it there, actually. She likes the Adam's Peanut Butter Cub Fudge Ripple Cheesecake. I don't mind eating there. It's just their nachos are not good. (laughs) 
figured I should say that. Yeah, of the 250 different items on the 21-page menu, the nachos. I hate getting nachos. I hate getting nachos out to eat now. Ever since that, like place down the road like messed my nacho experience up oh yeah well that was i mean i'm willing to chalk that up to pandemic restaurant times because we waited like two hours for a plate of nachos that was clearly some chips and some cheese that had been sitting under a burner for the better part of at least an hour and a half yeah that was was, that was was rough it was cold they were stale chips and it looked like they have already been eaten Liz, I think we're spoiled because we make nachos at home and we do them single chip style. But like, we make them really good. Yeah. Every single nacho chip is constructed individually from all the components that we would put on the plate of nachos. This is like yes. a, uh, I forget who does it that way. It might be Ina Garden. It might be Martha Stewart where I saw that first. But uh, yeah, take a look around. See individually constructed nachos. You may never go back. The other day we had nachos in debt and my dad burnt the whole outside part. Uh, I burned one side of it. Because I left <laughs> it, it turned into charcoal. I left it under the broiler a little bit too long to melt the cheese. It was kind of funny. Though. It was salvageable. Yeah, I didn't mind. The middle was fine. The whole out, the whole outside of one chip was all charcoal dust. Yeah, that that one <laughs> had to get thrown away. But we ate the rest of it. Yeah, we did, it was and good it was good. Too. And nachos, I would say, Liz, are like one of your favorite party foods, right? Yeah, Dad. What's one of your favorite things? One of my favorite things, Liz. My favorite part of this show. Is is. Alyssa reads the ingredients. So Liz, tell me what's in a Junior's cheesecake. Okay, so I got this recipe off of their like menu thing. Okay, great. So let's hear it, kiddo. Let's see. What are the ingredients in a Junior's New York style cheesecake? Cream cheese, uh, pasteurized milk and cream, salt, carabine gum, cheese culture, uh, sugar, heavy cream, eggs, egg citric acid. Cake base is sugar enriched wheat flour. Wheat flour, niacin, iron, thiamine, mononitrate. Oh my gosh, I say this different every time. Riboflavin. Great job. I still get it wrong. I can't get it right. Folic acid, cellulose, wheat gluten, leavening, sodium acid. Phyrophosphate, sodium bicarbonate, whey milk, salt, natural flavor, xanthan gum, guar gum, pasteurized, cultured skim milk, water, contains less than 2% of the following, cornstarch, soybean oil, eggs, milk, protein, natural flavor, microbiome, rennet, and soybean less, less, less. Lecithin. Lecithin. Yeah, Liz, there are a lot of ingredients there, but really when you break it down- It's just cream cheese, eggs, milk, <laughs> It's cream sugar. cheese, sugar, heavy cream, and eggs that are going into the filling. And then the cake base is just your normal sort of like standard mass-produced yeah. sponge cake. But the rest is just all of the simple kind of stuff that you might expect in a very dense, very heavy New York cheesecake. And Liz- What? I think it's time to get to the rules of the game. I think so too. Junk Feud is a culinary clash to see which treat will be crowned the undisputed champion of snacks. It's a King of the Mountain style battle in which the reigning champ takes on a new challenger each week to see which snack reigns supreme. And Alyssa, yeah. the reigning defending undisputed champion of snacks is... Butterbeer. Yeah, it's still Butterbeer. It was surprisingly close last week, Liz. Closer, in fact, than I think I had ever imagined that it could be with such a pedestrian basic treat like Chips Ahoy. <laughs> Yes. I think we surprised ourselves in a lot of ways last week. 
I think we did too. I mean, I never thought I would like crunchy Chips Ahoy over Chewy Chips Ahoy, and yet here we are. Me either. So, Liz. What? With that said, could we be in for a surprise this week? Maybe. Well, let's find out when we introduce our challenger. Today, we're trying cheesecake, and not just any cheesecake, of course, Lissa, but the most popular modern cheesecake in all the land, Junior's New York Cheesecake. We picked this up from a uh, a local shop here in New Jersey. It was about uh, $20 for a small cake. If you get it at Walmart, it's like 13 bucks. Like I said, these things are available anywhere, and you are getting ready to dive <laughs> into this, but Liz. Ah, uh, what? We have an added surprise. No. Yeah, we've got the classic original cheesecake from the Cheesecake Factory. I just want to eat this now. I picked up some Cheesecake Factory cheesecake on my way home from work because there's one at the fancy mall right across from work. Take it on out, Dad. Well, I guess we can say this then, huh? It's... It's crunch time. Crunch time. We rate our snacks using a tier list from sprinkles to fun dip, so snacks can be graded A, B, C, D, or F with the very best treats earning the elusive S tier ranking. The following contest is scheduled for one serving. One serving. And it's for the undisputed championship of junk food. Liz, let's start with juniors. You already have some on your fork, <laughs> like ready to go into your mouth. <laughs> you, are, you are testing the texture. So the juniors cheesecake that I picked up came frozen. It came in a little tiny box because it's just a small, like, uh, I think it's a six or an eight inch cake. I think it's the eight inch cake. It is very creamy. I left it out on the counter for about eight hours today as instructed on the box. It does have a very iconic look. The box is a little uh, square cardboard box with a cellophane window on top. It's got orange and white striping on it to make it look, I don't know, like old fashioned, huh? All right, ready? And you are ready to just dive right in. Just quickly smelling this before uh, mm. before you eat some. It has the cream cheese tang, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah, it really does. All right, ready? Uh-huh, go ahead. So the I will say, the first bite of a cheesecake from the tip, like right where the, right where the narrowest part of the slice is, is always, to me, the best. Really? Yeah, you get a little bit of crust. My favorite part is always this part here. Oh, you like the side right by the back end of that the That way you get the hard part of the you crust. You get some also. of the crusty part on the top where it's most baked because it's sort of towards the edge of the pan. All right, ready? See, I like the super creamy edge right on the tip of the cheese. You are Three, dying to, to two, eat this thing. One, go. go. Oh, oh, very tangy. It is, uh, yeah, it's tangy. It is creamy. It is eggy. It is sweet. It is, as usual, very, very dense. I have never had a cheesecake with a sponge cake base. And I think, I don't know, Liz, it's not doing much for me. Mm-mm. The cake base is like super perfunctory. If I had to guess, I'd say it's just a... It's sort of like a manufacturing affectation. Like it's just there because they have to have something on the bottom of the pan to get the cake out. I wouldn't be surprised to learn that this was cheaper or easier than a like graham cracker butter crust. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, Liz, I'll, I'm surprised. It's it's a little bit, it seems dry, if that's a thing you can say about a cheesecake, like almost a little crumbly. It's way too cream cheesy for me. Well, I have bad news for you then, kiddo, because- that's what cheesecake is. I'm going to take a bite from that back edge to get a little bit of the like well done rim there. I think that part's better than the front on this cheesecake at least. Yeah, you know what? I agree with you. I think that was the better bite. I will say there's also sort of like, it's hard to describe, but the flavor of this is just slightly off from what I would expect of like a freshly baked cheesecake. Like, you yeah. know how we made one for mom's birthday this year and we made it at home and it was we used a little bit too much lemon, but it was it really was good really other than good that. good if there was like less lemon. Yeah. That was from a recipe by YouTuber Brian Lagerstrom. That's actually a really, really simple but 
really delicious cheesecake recipe. Get check that out if you get a chance. I don't know. There is there is like a strange. There's some sort of flavor in here that I can't quite place. That might just be like I don't know mass production factory food flavor. You know, like sort of almost plasticky a little bit. Ugh, my stomach is bubbling. <laughs> Already from one bite of well, Ugh. you ate like half a piece here. So much dairy. Well, speaking of so much dairy. Let's try our challenger. Let's try the Cheesecake Factory original cheesecake. Now, a little spoiler. I've had some of this already. Yeah, so I brought this home because we were expecting to record the show the other night, but we had to delay for a day, and you and your grandmother decided that you would sneak into the fridge late at night and eat half of the cheesecake that we had for the show. So luckily, we only need a bite here. But a quick note on the packaging for Cheesecake Factory. I like the little to-go cheesecake container that they have. Yeah, because it's it's segmented inside. It's got a little textured part that's sort of like in that wedge shape where the cheesecake slice itself goes. I really like their crust. I like how it's like that. Yeah, that's a, it's a good buttery graham crackery crust. You are eating a crust bite first. Wow, unprecedented. I also like that the Cheesecake Factory has that fresh whipped cream machine where they drop a big dollop of whipped cream into the container. So that's nice. This one also has what looks like Sort of like a vanilla glaze on the top of it. It I've, this tastes coconutty to me. Coconutty. Let's see. Again, very, very creamy, very tangy scent upon first whiff of this thing. Do you get a coconut taste? I'm not getting any coconut from this. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a little bit of coconut oil in the. I'm getting crust. it from the back. Yeah, the graham cracker crust might have a coconut additive to it, but I I don't really pick it up. I. I will say this is much, much creamier than the Junior's Cheesecake. Wait, try my favorite part. It's almost melty. I'll take the Alyssa bite here on the back back corner crust piece. Well, I'm sticking to banana cream. <laughs> Overall, your favorite is the banana cream. Yes. I do like the whipped cream. It's very airy. It's very light. It holds its shape. It doesn't weep. It's not grainy. It's a very fluffy, very sweet, very vanilla forward cream, uh, whipped cream, which I like. I also like that there is a nice vanilla bean flavor in the Cheesecake Factory cheesecake. I don't see any little flecks of vanilla bean in it, but the flavor is there and it's pretty strong. The other cake was more like fluffy and light. I mean, dense. It was like fluffy, but it was dense. This one is more like uh, creamy and like... Yeah, the consistency of the Cheesecake Factory cheesecake is more... Oh my gosh, I'm going to say it. Consistent. The consistency is more consistent. Like this one, I could pick up. <laughs> and you did. You stuck apart. your fingers right into it. The other one, it would just lift right. Yes, the uh, the Junior's Cheesecake, much more homogenous, would you say? Sure, I don't know what that means. Of a piece, sure. singular. I don't know. I like them both. They are both different things. The Cheesecake Factory Cheesecake is more my style. Me the too. Junior's Cheesecake is probably what most people would know as a New York cheesecake if they go to like a cheap diner and order a slice of cheesecake. Yeah. All right, well, I have my answers. All right, well, before we get to the grades and the bliss point, I should put in a quick plug. If you want good diner cheesecake, our favorite that we found so far is actually a local place. It's a place called Bud Lake Diner. It's on Route 46 in northern New Jersey. I don't know how they do it, but they make this massive, heavy, dense, vanilla bean, crustless, New York-style cheesecake that is somehow, even though it weighs like five pounds a slice, light and airy. And it is just absolutely delicious. I haven't had that one yet. I think you have. Mom's brought it home a bunch of times. I've probably never eaten. Oh, yeah. Well, let's let's judge the two that we have here. All right. And let's hit the bliss point. 
What do you think, Liz? What uh, what would you say as far as ratings and rankings? All right. For Junior's original New York cheesecake, and then the Cheesecake Factory original cheesecake. I'll give the Juniors a C. I didn't really like it that much. Wow. Okay. C. And then I'll give the original Cheesecake Factory cheesecake a B. A B. B flat, as you would say. B flat. And if you were going to rate the fresh banana cream cheesecake, where would you put that? Just for comparison's sake. Oh, A. Oh, that's an A. So we go C to B to A. Yes. A, B, C. Easy as... uh, One, two, three. Oh, of course. Wait, Dad. Yeah? At freshman year, I'm doing choir. (laughs) Well, you heard it here first, folks. This is doing choir freshman year. There's the announcement. Not because I want to sing. I just want to go on the Disney trip. I did not know there was a Disney trip for freshman choir. Every four years, the choir people... They get to go to um, Disney their freshman year. Yeah. And the year we're freshmen is going to be the Disney year. Well, that's very exciting. Yes, it is. What kind of cheesecake do you think they have at Walt Disney World? I should have checked on that. Probably Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah, I would I would probably venture to guess that's pretty safe. Let's Liz, see. Cheese. While you're looking up Mickey Mouse cheesecake, Liz, I'll say I think you're spot on with giving Junior's original New York cheesecake a C. And I say that because... It's fine. It's an average piece of cheesecake. And overall, I think that cheesecake is generally speaking like an average dessert. Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. So there's rainbow cheesecake in Disney. Oh, from Pop Century, yeah. Um, There's, oh, there's a ratatouille cheesecake that looks like a cheese. Oh, I like that very much. That's funny. And then there's a Walt Disney 50 anniversary, which was kind of a while ago. Yeah, I think that's over now. But there's that kind of cheesecake. And then there is a cotton candy looking one. That also looks very interesting. Yeah. So let's, yeah, Junior's Cheesecake, C. If you go to a restaurant and they give you a dessert menu, the average thing that you expect to see on that menu is like a plain slice of New York cheesecake. Yeah. There are better versions than this frozen one that we got from the grocery store. Definitely. So yeah, C. And then uh, I think, I also think you're spot on with giving the original cheesecake from Cheesecake Factory a B, or as you like to say, a B flat, it's that much better than the Junior's Cheesecake. It's plain, which I think is fine. There's nothing wrong with a plain dessert. But yeah, uh, still pretty good. Not the best thing I've ever had. What do you think? How does cheesecake do against butterbeer? I know you were looking forward to this episode and putting those two up against each, (laughs) each other, but that's a hard no. So, I mean... Yeah, I can't say that the uh, the special alchemy in the butterbeer is still going to win out over what we've got here, which is a mediocre piece of cheesecake from a freezer section, and then like maybe the best one that you can get at a fast casual restaurant yeah. or a casual sit-down American restaurant, I should say, not fast casual. So, I mean, I guess that sums it all up to say that you're a winner and still Ew. reigning defending undisputed champion of snacks is... Butterbeer. Butterbeer. Listen. Let's get to the Oreo rule real fast. There's no new Oreo this week, but uh, we know there's one coming up, so stay tuned to that. We do have some Oreo news, Alyssa. Really? Yeah. There's a PhD candidate at MIT. She and her colleagues have just published a new paper. It's in volume 34, issue four of the science journal, The Physics of Fluid. And Alyssa, it's called On Oreology, The Fracture and Flow of Milk's Favorite Cookie. Hmm. It is fascinating. It does a couple things. Uh, first. 
Alyssa, this paper establishes a new field of study, which is called oreology, which studies the dynamics of Oreo cream specifically. Well, obviously, because logi means study of. Study of. Very good. Study of Oreo. You got a 100 on your affix test. reading. That's right. It's affix. Affix, excuse me. Affix. It's dichotomous. It's leviosa, not leviosa. (laughs) It's affix, not affix. Uh, Yeah. Uh, So Oreo cream specifically and fracture and flow of sandwich cookie fillings in general. And secondly, Liz, it characterizes by way of a pretty ingenious experiment, the adhesive failure of Oreo cream as a property of the manufacturing process, which can then be altered by adverse storage conditions like time and temperature. And this was validated through the design of an open source 3D printed machine that was built solely to twist Oreo cookies apart. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. They twisted a thousand different Oreos. Well, because it's open source and 3D printed, we could make our own if we wanted to. We don't have a 3D printer. Well, we do have access to a few of them. If we really needed to make uh, an Oreo fracture device. We have a lot of 3D printers in use near us. Yeah, we could make that happen. Yeah. Some guy on YouTube made one of those like really expensive big red boots. They're like... um designer store boots like the one like, mario hops around in and super yeah. mario brothers they're like really expensive <laughs> boots and he uh-huh. 3d printed it one boot took 12 days yeah that seems like kind of a long time that's longer than i would be willing to wait for an oreo device i think that's something mr jones would do oh he would love to do that shout out to mr jones yes Liz, uh one thing i would definitely be willing to wait for is the answer to this week's question which we ask on epi epi on every episode <laughs> Will it deep fry? Will it deep fry? Can you deep fry this week's snack? And Lissa. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. Deep fried cheesecake. Like, have you never been to a state fair before at this point? One of the OGs, deep fried cheesecake. A state fair fixture for sure. Lots of mainstream recipes, lots of options on dessert menus around the country. If you go online, Pioneer Woman has a popular recipe. Famous YouTuber Joshua Weissman makes a fried cheesecake. Paula Dean, obviously, in on the fried cheesecake. Yeah. I think Liss. This is one of the few deep fried treats that we talk about on the show that actually makes sense. Mm. Yeah, because it changes up the snack almost completely. It's not just a regular piece of junk food that's wrapped in cheap batter and deep fried. It is uh, a graham cracker coating that gets very crisp and toasty on the outside. The cheesecake filling itself on the inside gets all molten and gooey, contrasting flavors and textures. We probably should have tried deep fried cheesecake instead of this Junior's thing, huh? Yeah. Yeah, anyway, five stars. I'm reading the back of the box. Oh, you're not going to want to do it then. No. Because it's time to check out the back of the box, a weekly segment where we play a little game. Alyssa, would you like to play a game? No. You don't want to because this week's segment is Try Hard. On Try Hard, we try snacks we know we won't like. Yes, and because this is the third time we've done Try Hard, this is officially Try Hard 3, Try Hard with a Vengeance. Liz, what are we going to try today? I thought that word was veganese. Uh, vengeance, not veganese. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure what we're about to try is not vegan in any way. Okay, so, oh yeah, there's no, no way. Uh, anyway, this is a new flavor by Van Leeuwen. Van Leeuwen. Uh, the New York City-based scoop shop that began life as a food truck helped by three friends in Manhattan. Yeah, we're going to try some ice cream today, listen. We're not just going to try any ice cream. We're going to try one of the innovative Van Leeuwen flavors. You've had some of the other ones, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we've had like honeycomb. There's Earl Grey tea. They had milkshake and fries flavored ice cream. We're going to try their newest weird flavor today, Liz. 
You are like rubbing your legs right now and doing your nervous habit things because you do not want to try this. Wait, on the show? Yeah, right now. What? You brought it? No, I'm going to go get it. No. What are we trying, Alyssa? Hidden Valley Ranch Ice Cream. Oh boy, ranch ice cream. And we're going to try it out. Right now on the show. Right now on this show. We'll be right back. And we're back. We hey have guys. got <laughs> we have got in front of us a the pint worst thing on earth. A pint of limited edition Van Leeuwen Hidden Valley Original Ranch French ice cream. Dad, I have to say something. Go ahead. I would rather eat the candy corn than this. Oh no, you don't know that. We haven't even tried it yet. Yeah, we have. Well, you're not supposed to say that. Yeah, we <laughs> we actually did try it as soon as we bought it, but I wanted to do it on the show because it's insane the fact that this even exists at all. I love the packaging list. Ew, ew. It looks like a bottle of Hidden Valley Ranch. It's got the blue sky, the rolling hills of the farm with the crops and the little tractor right behind the logo. And when you open this up- it Smells like ranch. It's disgusting. It does. It smells like, well- I'm not smelling it. It smells like ranch. You know what, Liz? Speaking of, you were talking about Disney World earlier. It smells like, for some reason, a water ride- at a theme park, like uh, an indoor dark ride in the water, like living with the land or- uh, Small world? Small world or Avatar. Pirates of the Caribbean or yeah, like uh, like any of those kinds of, I don't know, it's sort of like a weird, sour, spicy <laughs> smell. All right, do you want to be the first one to take a dip of this or me? Maybe I just won't try it. I'll just say my initial thought. Of- no, you're going to try it on the show. That's what uh, Try Hard is all about. So go ahead. It looks just like plain. Ew, ew, ew. <laughs> no. You dropped a scoop of ice cream on your computer. Great job. Ew. My computer's going to smell like that. I have to go wash it. It uh, it just looks like vanilla ice cream. It's white. It has some barely perceptible flecks in it that in, in vanilla ice cream would be vanilla bean flecks. But in ranch. It in ranch, it's ranch. like- Probably, yeah, herbs and spices, dill and parsley. I'm gonna, I've got a big spoonful here. It smells weird. It does not smell like any ice cream I've ever had. It's, it's tangy and sour and spicy. And here it goes. It's going in. You can. I believe in you. More than that. That's not, nope, that's not going to do it. All right. That's close enough. Okay. So, (laughs) Uh -uh, uh, I can't. Yeah, you can. You're doing great. Oh, you're in, well, you're in tears, actually. You can do it. Well, now I'm going to have to cut this all out of the show. I don't like it. <laughs> well, we're going to have to write to these people and tell them that, <laughs> that the, this ice cream is so bad it made a child cry. Oh, my God. I can't believe you're actually crying. I mean, you're laughing at the same time. Oh, that was worst thing ever. I don't, I don't hate it as much as you do, obviously. Tell me about how it tastes while you're, while you're wiping those tears away. Oh, my God. That was the worst thing ever. Gets an F minus. F minus from Alyssa. It's it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Like it's salty and it's spicy and it's herby, and all of those are things that shouldn't be in an ice cream. It's cold, obviously, like ice cream, but it's like it's also cheesy and tangy, sort of. Uh huh. I don't know. All the it's weird because it should work because ranch is already like a creamy dip. So all you would have to do in theory is have regular ranch dressing, but really, really cold. But because this adds a sugary, custardy, eggy base for French ice cream, 
it just, I don't think it works. What's your rating? Well, you obviously don't think it works. What's your rating? Well, you said F minus. Yeah, F. This sucks hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. It's a novelty for sure. Ew, don't put it closer to I me. did. You know what? I did dunk uh, carrot, a, a carrot, carrot in it, and it, even that was bad. Yeah. Yeah. It I mean, better I don't, than a regular, though. I don't know what we expected here, honestly. I don't know what you were thinking doing this again. I wanted to try the ranch ice cream. Dad, it made me cry. It did, it did make you cry. I feel sort of bad about that. But you were laughing while you were crying, so that was okay. It's like a happy cry. Mm-hmm. Like when Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn won the tag team titles at WrestleMania. A happy cry. Not that happy of a cry. Yeah, they're French Canadian. They wouldn't know what ranch dressing is anyway. Listen, Liz. Uh, well, they're Canadian. That means they're always happy. Uh, Kevin <laughs> Owens maybe not always happy. Sami Zayn usually pretty happy. And didn't he turn like a bad guy? Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn? Sami Zayn. He did, but now he's good again. Yay. Hooray. I think he was good the whole time. He was just Ew, misunderstood. I, like, I rubbed the part that was on my computer on my leg and I'm getting a reaction. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting a ranch rash. That just, that, that just shows how bad it is to me. It gives me allergic reactions. Well, let that be a lesson to all of you out there. Do not rub ranch ice cream <laughs> into your skin. Yes, don't do it. It will leave your skin in very poor condition. And hey, Liz. Yes. This podcast should reach you in excellent condition. Satisfaction guaranteed. Or your money back. <laughs> if you've got a question for us, you can write to the address on the label. That's junkfeudpod at gmail.com. Any final thoughts, Alyssa? <laughs> I've had way too much dairy today. Yeah, the cheesecake was not as good as we wanted it to be. The ranch dressing ice cream was awful. The worst thing ever. But we had fun. That is so much worse than the candy corn. You would rather eat the hamburger candy corn than this i would rather i don't know 10 at a time oh no way well i mean i guess we'll have to do that on the next show that'll be i got rid of the bag food showdown i gave them to dean we got rid of that shout out to dean yes Liz, this podcast has contained your recommended daily allowance of fun Fun. for more go to twitter instagram or wherever you choose to be social and find us at junk feud pod you can watch fun size reviews on youtube buy our merch on tpublic And don't forget to catch all the snacks in each and every week wherever you listen to podcasts. Until we see you again, for Alyssa, I'm Mike. Pasta lasagna. Don't get any Anya. Bye. Way too much dairy.